Good morning, fellow Gooners, and welcome to another episode of Canon Talk. I'm yours, Mornay, and my co-host as usual, Aiden. I just, guys, a men against boys performance when we took on Man City. You know, not, not the performance we all expected. 30 seconds in, and I thought, wow, this actually could be our day. The win, um, Martinelli just sprinted in behind the Man City defense, which I thought was a struggling Man City defense with Otamendi and Fernandinho. And then, you know, pulled Edison into a save. And, you, and I'm sure everybody thinking, you know, are we here to play? Yeah, I mean, I already thought to myself, with that sort of lightning start, you know, things could now be, be upbeat and the <laughs> person can now be, think positive going into the game. But then, I mean, the ball gets switched from uh, uh, attack to all of a sudden defense or lack thereof, I should say. And all of a sudden, <laughs> start cutting through Arsenal with, you know, simplicity. And by the time you look again, you just see Kevin De Bruyne smashing the ball in from about <laughs> 20 yards into literally almost like an unguarded net because the way they set everything up. I mean, it was almost like, uh, as you said now, men against boys type of thing where they were just like pulled all across the field and there was everybody was like just disjointed and shell-shocked. And <clears throat> with that positivity that you had now, you know, going into the <laughs> kickoff, it sounded like, you know, the, the stadium was kind of in disbelief. Um, and then you also had the, the fact that that, that, that what's the 30 second positivity that the players had was gone because from then, like the kickoff again from Arsenal, all of a sudden, uh, Man City then just started swarming. Yeah, it, it, then it just like you know became an ugly affair because Arsenal just seemed they had no direction, no way. Like, you know, you just couldn't, you just you, you had some hope that Arsenal would maybe pull the game back to one one, but. You look at it and like Arsenal's just not a team that's going to kind of bully you. You look at you know when Man City went to Norwich, Norwich got in Man City's faces and put pressure on them, made things difficult. Arsenal is just sort of working on their set pieces as well because in 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 a in a, a game like this against Man City, nine times out of ten, let's face it, they can outplay you. We're not the Arsenal of yesteryear at the moment, so try to make it difficult, set pieces, bully them, you know, make it count. But it's like we have just nothing. And then I mean, in the 15th minute, you know, things go from bad to worse. <laughs> Arsenal again, you know, literally ripped to pieces. You know, but look also give props where, you know, give credit where credit is due. I mean, they ended up, you know, almost like exploiting our weakness, which was, you know, the closing down especially. And I mean, by the, by the time we, you look again, the ball in the back of the net and Ryan Serling is buried it, like with a simple tap in. And but if you look at that goal, you see how he actually, you know, you you always mention about Colosinac, you know, very good going forward, but in defence, you know, he leaves a lot to be desired still. But if you look at that goal, Raheem Sterling as the brainer, you know, he's running on the the left hand flank. You see Sterling already start, you know, losing Colosinac. Colosinac ends up in the box instead of Sterling's the only guy that actually can cause any danger from that position of the brainer. I mean, there's three guys around the brain of Arsenal, two guys. Then you have Sterling on the end. Colosinac, you know, as a left-back, you cover that sort of danger. Yes, you cannot get between him and the ball. But Colosinac was in the six-yard box, and all they did was play to Sterling who had another simple tap-in. And then, you know, with the game already, uh, like, you know, literally one-way traffic, uh, you know, I was thinking to myself, you know, is it something going to... Kind of stem the bleeding here yeah, because this was becoming 
almost like a clown show, the way things were happening. Like, midfield were literally non-existent because they were just being pinged around by the Man City midfielders, which, I mean, they weren't also, as you were saying, it can also go for the defense, with the, with the City defense being almost like the makeshift one to the midfielders, which was also, like, just, you know, kind of put together. But but uh, then uh, Kolasinac gets injured in the 40th minute, and I'm thinking to myself, okay, because look, it was, it was a bad um, ankle sprain. But it also shows you now the mindset of, of the player itself now. Because, eh? look, Arsenal weren't ready, really, with his up with, with Saka. He was, like, you know, just getting now ready and told to strip. And at that time, he instead of just sitting on the, the, the pitch, like, you know, trying to eat up as much time as he can, Colosinus ends up sprinting off the field. Saka, of course, still getting out of his track pants and, and getting, you know, uh, you know, tucking in uh, shin pads and whatever. And then by the time we're still trying to, the, the, the kid is standing on the touchline wanting to come on since uh, Colosinus had already bolted off. There they, they end up scoring a third again. <laughs> I mean, where's the, like, the, the, the camaraderie type of thing? Because look, you're thinking at least to, to keep it 11-11 or you eat up the time to, you know, like get the sub on. So we down to 10 men. Freddie, of course, is in total bewilderment on the sideline, thinking like, how is this happening? Because now that uh, Saka comes on and we're already 3-0 three no, three no down before half-time. Uh, you know, that, as you mentioned that, we spoke about it last week. You know, these guys don't go for war, to war for each other. It's all about, you know, me mm-hmm. at the moment. Like, you know, if I can't walk, and we spoke about Lindelof, you know, when he was playing through that groin injury, which you were mentioning, he had to, like, push, you know, like, the muscle back all the time. But he was, I was playing. I was actually checking it the other day because I was still saying the groin. Um, when I double-checked again, it's the hernia, because when the hernia tears open, the thing starts coming out, so you have to push it either in until the doctor gets beat you. So, I mean, you look at that, and then you look at this Arsenal guys, and you know, it goes back to the camaraderie thing, where they were stepping on Martinelli's fingers, they were kicking him and stuff like that, and what do our players do? Nothing. You look at Colisinac, he runs off, right? Instead of eating time, putting us down to 10 men, then you look at Mesut Ozil when they subbed him, you know. <laughs> yes, I don't understand it. <laughs> so, you know, okay, we're going to, I mean, before I go on, Leno did pull up probably this, uh, one of the, uh, the world he saves of the season because, you know, the, the sort of swerve that the brainer put on, just almost, you know, getting his fourth goal before halftime. I mean, I, I, I was already banging on the ball, you know, nestling in the net because, the sort of bend that he put on the ball. And it wasn't even with much backlift. But, I mean, credit me, credit to you. I mean, Leno pulled off, you know, a, a real smart save. And, I mean, no wonder he's now, he's been player of the month and he's already top in the ratings with the goalkeeper. So, I think it's already a positive. Yeah, I mean, without Leno, I mean, I know they said other Bobby Eggs goals, you know, we would have been 20th or something like that. But without Leno... I think we would have been even worse off. I mean, we would have probably been relegated already the way the guy's been pulling off saves for us. And I mean, like, second half, I mean, I must say now as a gunner, for me it was, you know, as humiliating as the defeat was, you know, it actually got almost like to the point where it's like heartbreaking when you watch because not um, look, I'm not going to say I feel sorry, say, for the, the team itself, but I mean, you feel sorry, say, for people like Leno, uh, Martinelli, you know, that, that really were trying something, even when, when Smith and O came on for Ozil late on in the game. But 
like the, the mindset of of it's almost like Ben City were feeling almost like sorry to the one end, yes, sorry. So they went no, really going flat out second half. But also, it's almost like we was that bad that they thought, okay, we'll just make it almost like a training routine because there was really nothing coming from Arsenal in that second half. And it was like just a, a passing exhibition show by, by Man City. Like, I don't remember, like, you know, that say that Martinelli made Edison make in the 30 seconds of the game. Like, I think our next shot and target came, like, somewhat way longer. And also, just a, a quick fact I wanted to throw in. You know, Arsenal, when they conceded the first goal against Man City, it was the sixth time and the first time in history that they've conceded the first goal in six games in a row in the Premier League. I mean, you know, what the heck is going on with the club? So, I mean, look, we knew almost like something was going to give in eventually, uh, you know, after this defeat. And then came, like, as the story, I mean, I'm sure everybody, of course, now knows. Arsenal uh, uh, Chiefs then met, I think, the earlier hours of the morning of this, you know, Saturday going into Sunday, uh, when Venai and I believe uh, that one of that, that super agents that Arsenal have, they ended up meeting Mikel Arteta at his house. And, you know, I think they already, details were already t- almost like ironed out for a possible contract. Of course, then they also had to now notify Man City. He also had to now kind of get their blessing as well as Pep's. But I mean, look, you know, where I must give Pep also props. He also, like said, it's down to Arteta to make the decision. I mean, of course, the, the, the City had to green light the whole thing. But I mean, it was, it came down to also Pep saying like you know you gave my blessing you know to go. But I mean, uh, one thing where I felt because I mean I already knew which direction Pep uh, not Pep uh, Arteta was going to go with the coaching because look he wanted to take the one of the about six coaches that uh, Pep has. But I mean the minute he now gave that uh, word that he was going to leave, Pep then immediately made the one that Arteta would want as. His assistant at Arsenal, he made him now the new assistant at Man City. So, you know, things happened, you know, kind of, it's hard things other than, of course, picking up. And then by yesterday, you know, Friday, uh, 3 p.m., Arteta was officially named as Arsenal head coach. What was your thoughts? Uh, I'm going to be honest. I uh, <coughs> wasn't too happy about the appointment. Um, but what I can say is I'm happier that Arteta was a coach than when they named Una Emre as coach. Yeah. So, like, I obviously had the expectation and they brought in Una Emre. And then my take was I would have liked the Pochettino, Allegri, possibly even Angelotti, just to pull the guys right. I mean, a lot of people say you look at first-time job managers. You know, you, you look at Guardiola, first job Barcelona. Look at Zidane, first job Real Madrid. And you look at the success they brought. But you also have to look at it. Look at the players Guardiola took on. Messi, Ronaldo, I mean, Messi... Um, Eto, Henri, Puyol, you name that Barcelona squad. And you look at um, Zidane with um, Ronaldo, Bale, Modric, all those top quality sides, Ramos, top quality players. Then look at Arteta now. He's going to come in first-time job and he's going to take over a very, very struggling Arsenal side. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's a risk we're taking, but, you know, it's some, maybe it could be worth it, but you know it wasn't my first choice. But like I said, you know he's been appointed as coach. I'm going to get 100% behind him. I'm not going to look for faults with him just yet. I mean, we all need to be in this together. And I mean, 
I haven't had the press conference, but I know, you know, it was quite a good one. Yeah, because um, I watched the whole one yesterday. I mean, he did one with the um, the club website as well as the, you know, for all media outlets. And I mean, what he was saying was, I, I mean, that before he even started like getting to this point, one thing I picked up in that game already when with the City game, when City went three up, and, and the camera pan to the the Man City bench, and I mean the the you know of course the crowd were you know kind of booing the the bench of City were you know rejoicing, but I mean when the camera was panning on them, Arteta was the only one that sit, uh, that sat there with a stern look on his face, and you could see it was like somebody that had or has um, or has had a history at the club. Because he actually looked more cut up than anything. I mean, he was supposed to be, you know, also over the moon. It was almost like a tactical masterclass again by City. But <clears throat> you could see he was like, it was like a, watching an Arsenal fan being upset, but, you know, trying to keep it in. And when he now mentioned that, he said he, he sensed that, that bad vibes going through the, 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 the pitch and the stadium. And he said it also like made him sad seeing that. And, and that was where... The whole idea with him taking over, he wants to bring that 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 energy back again. Because he said, I mean, of course, it, it was just words in the beginning, like you know, where he said, because it was almost like the same type of thing that that Emery was like kind of spewing out in the beginning. But where he actually went more in depth, where he said it's going to come down to also attitudes, because he said he's got a project and he's going to be, you know, going to stick to it and whatever. And and it's almost like the the also down to respect. It's going to be also a big thing to him. And also, uh, you know, because I think he was also having a dig at, you know, the disruptive figures at the club. Because, I mean, they are at the moment, especially if you look at, at, at say, people like David Luiz, who's been known to do that at Chelsea even. And then you had got Aubameyang that's also kind of stirring things up now also somewhat. Same goes for Lacazette. Because, I mean, he does I mean, everything Aubameyang does. He goes along with it. And also, like, some of the other defenders, like Mustafi, Socrates, all these type of seniors also that have been also letting the team down big time. Whereas, you know, almost like allowing the, or not allowing, but with the, the kids have to kind of clean up the mess that they are, you know, dishing out at the moment. So that mindset where he said, you know, you can either be on board with my plans or if you're not, if you're going to show that you're not, then there's no place for you here. And I mean, that is, I think, I think that was actually the, key, the golden thing that most Gooners took from it. And you mentioned something to me offline yesterday about, you know, Arteta saying that he wants to, you know, he, he promised the coaches he'd come back. Can you elaborate more on that? Yeah, he said, um, look, when he departed a few years back, it was also very emotional for him because, look, he was almost like taken also under the wing of Wenger somewhat, like with, with to help with coaching, besides giving also the, the captain's armband. And he said, like, when he left, it was a very emotional moment where he was, like, you know, saying, Teary goodbyes to all of them, but he said like he was gonna leave, or he made like a kind of deal with him where he said or a pledge to him where he said he was gonna leave, but he was gonna go out and try to almost like better himself as a coach. And when he feels he's ready and, and you know almost like mature enough, he's gonna come back again. And he, he said like you know you'll see me again. And yesterday that he came good to his word. Yeah, that that really touches my heart too. But you know, and he, and he told that said that because. I um, wasn't the, the biggest fan, like I mentioned, of it. And the fact that, you know, you have somebody now who, who wants to better the club, 
who, who comes with a bit of Arsenal tradition as well. You know, he wasn't a club legend. Fans didn't, like, we appreciated his professionalism, but we never you know, lost sleep over the fact that he left. But you you have a player now, I mean, a coach now, manager that has an Arsenal affiliation, that Arsenal love. And, you know, hopefully that can combine. And I read also where he said now players need to be held accountability for the act, like, for, you know, the actions on the field and things like that. So, you know, it, it's going to be good to see. It seems like he's a bit more sterner than Emre because Emre is the type of guy that, you know, let things get out of hand and, and like, almost spill over and, like, snowball that he lost almost control compared to, I think, Arteta who's going to show you that, you know, if you're not on board, like you mentioned, then, you know, you have to find uh, another club. And I think it was also, like, a kind of subtle dig at Ozil as well because he also said something down the lines of there's going to be no place for people to hide. Because yes. everybody's going to have to, you know, show and prove themselves. And look, with with today's game, as we also now in the you know lead up to that as well with the with the Everton game today, he's going to now also be in the crowd. And I mean, what I think is also a good thing. I mean, at first I wanted him to take over so immediately, but now you know, like with with the Everton game already. But for me, it, it's like look, it's too far gone in the week. So look for it to then you know take over uh, with the game. But I think also what's going to give him a better perspective now is now sitting in the stands and watching what we are watching as fans. So if if there's any, like, look, they're going to know now this afternoon that they're going to be under the spotlight and they know there's eyes watching them now. So, I mean, he's going to pick up, look, okay, this one is not running enough. This one is not defending enough. This one is not, you know, closing down fast enough. He's going to pick up now all these things today. And I mean... He also said, look, he's going to bring now, he's, he's, um, or he's notifying uh, the fans, you know, of his coaching staff in the course of probably this weekend or whatever. We're going to now know who, who his assistant will be, who his, you know, various coaches are going to be. So, that, that I'm actually, that is also something I'm really looking forward to. But, you know, back to that game, that is going to also show us also how he's going to try to, you know, uh, like nitpick all those errors. Because, I mean, look, we actually have an error-strewn team. Like, you've got people with no responsibility, people in the team that, that almost like got no respect really for playing for Arsenal, you know, playing for the badge. So they just, you know, when you look how many performances haven't we now reviewed and that, and, and it's also games where people are just going through the motions, happy to take their paycheck and that's it. Do you not see that passion or that hurt when, you know, when you're losing and stuff like that? Yeah, I mean, you, you see, like, you know, it's only to read it from time to time, you know, he sheds a few tears, but, you know, as he's supposed to be playing as a defensive midfielder, he's playing as an attacking mid, so, it's like, people are not following the instructions, and I think that's not going to happen now. It's not going to be the players running the show, because, you know, as much as I wanted Emre out, you know, after he got sacked, you, I blamed him fully initially, but then you look back into it, and then you ask yourself, you know, was Emre the sole cause? Yes, his tactics and stuff let him down a bit. But was it him truly? Like, or just the players? I mean, they got shown up now. Because they couldn't hide behind Lundberg. I mean, he was taking over. But you can't blame that same performances on a different guy. You look at Everton. A new coach came in. Their performances were flying. They beat Chelsea. And then they, they threw to United at Old Trafford. So, yeah, you can't blame that. They pushed United all the way in that game. Yes, exactly. So it's going to be interesting to see Arteta's tactics. And another thing I would like to see is, is he going to be a tracksuit or suit guy on the touchline as well? <laughs> yeah, I think he's probably going to, you know, 
that kind of give you an idea the way when he came to the ground yesterday, we were now, you know, fully suited out with his red tie. So I think that's how it's probably the trend that's going to be. Hopefully, Skulls is watching. Um, <laughs> you know, back to Everton now. Um, it's again to uh, the game today. 16th against 10th in the league. It's going to be, you know, it's going to be a real scrap. But as as you have also said, the way they, uh, Everton as a team right now, after the sacking of, of uh, Marcus Silva, they are really showing a sort of, uh, you know, camaraderie and, and, and fighting. And all that. You know, they will throw their lives on the line for Duncan Ferguson. And I mean, that is, you know, I was just thinking to myself, couldn't we have Ferguson as Arteta's assistant or something like that just for that? <laughs> You know, he got that kind of brave heart thing to him, and like you see that that sort of passion him running up and down the pitch. I'm not talking about another sometimes it's like you know overboard, but you can see he's like Everton through and through, and 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 he knows what it means to play for the team. And I think that's the sort of people that you should have. Look, I'm not saying Freddie is maybe that that vocal, but I think Arsenal need also somebody on that coaching staff that you know what we know Arsenal for, you know. That that sort of you, you know you're not gonna muck about it really, else you're gonna have somebody ever hand around your neck or or pushing you or <laughs> something you know like a Vieira type or just somebody like that sort of attitude that can put fire under their backsides because what what I found of uh, I kind of find disgusting in a way I mean as look Arsenal my first love in that but when we, you see players like look at at the thing that was coming out also leading up to the Arteta appointment. We, look, okay, I can understand with fans that I can understand. Everybody has their own opinion. But when you see a player trying to say, it was like, if he's going to be the coach, I don't want to play then. Or if he's the coach, I don't know if he's the right choice. Or who? I mean, honestly, who are they? They are employed by Arsenal Football Club. And I mean, they have to accept whatever it is. And I think that is the, where the problem also got, for, you know, got out of control there. Because that's also where someone like Edu... You know, he also showed his weakness because he should have also put his foot down when he saw things because he thinks he's getting out of control because you had a situation where players were on that kind of mocking Emery already because it's not like they could never take him seriously. But I mean, there is also you need somebody with a, even on the, on the coaching stuff, you needed somebody way stronger. That's almost like, you know, total alpha male, the situation. It can show them, yeah. I'm bigger than you. You might be Mr. Glamorous and drive a Lambo or this. Or living this sort of mention, but right here when when we train or when we play, I am like your boss or whatever. That is the sort of attitude. Yeah. And that is why I said when when Artitana comes in, you need to come in and run the ship with a hammer first. I don't care if it's if people are going to dislike it. And so look, he also said you can almost like like it or lump it type of thing. Yeah, we we need to go with that approach. I mean, you know, you you you. You look at these guys, they, they have this pompous, cocky attitude for, for guys that's dangling like we are in the league at the moment. We are low in the dumps with these guys are keeping them like they just won the domestic or yeah. the, 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 the domestic treble or league and cup double or whatever. You know, these guys have won absolutely nothing. They are hiding to nowhere from every week and they yeah. keep themselves like this. I mean, you know, if... You know, you as a as an amateur, even you know, if you get hiding, you know, playing amateur football, your coach is gonna drill you the next week and like say, like, come guys, whoever's gonna laugh and stuff like that, you know, there's the door because that's what we need. I mean, we can't be laughing and you know having fun when when us as fans are getting heartbroken and looking at watching our team with disgust every week. Yeah, I mean, look, they are told at times 
you know, you play in second position. When you look again, everybody that the defense is not on the, on the <laughs> same line or in the same sequence, the midfielders, all of a sudden we're playing like 4-0-3-3 and whatever, and there's nobody <laughs> protecting them all. Because, I mean, you know, for, for, for me, when I look at that defense, then I would even go back to, I mean, some people say Stone Age football, but then I'll go back to playing with a sweeper again. And I mean, nobody even plays with a sweeper anymore. <laughs> and I mean, then again, even that, I'm sure when you, when, if you were to say David Luiz or Mustafa Socrates, they will totally do something to balls that all plan up even. <laughs> They'll end up, you know, miss kicking the ball or like running in and pushing somebody in the box and giving away a penalty or ending up as a third striker when we. Where we trying to defend the lead. It's... I mean, you know, like also Aiden, the, the, the decision making we I, I honestly don't get is look. I mean, I know I harp on this a lot, but look at Socrates. What makes you think you're going to get away with a, a crime turn in your own box? Or you got that <laughs> game against Man City where Callum Chambers. I don't know what's the pass Socrates gives him. He tries like a step over, which gets he disposed. <laughs> and I mean, the, the camera, of course, at the like, you know after the whole thing blows over. The camera pans to Freddie Lundberg and he looks totally desolate. Because I remember that clip I sent you, that gif of him yes. his hands. Like, I'm like, what is going on? Like, how can we get <laughs> You it? felt sorry for him. Yeah. You actually realize, like, you know, who is going to tell this team? Because surely he never gave that instruction to do that. But I mean, but, you know, you know, with regards to the Everton game, you know, players we're going to have to watch now this afternoon. For our own cause, because I mean, I think if you let these guys run free or run the, the roofs here, they're going to totally overrun us. Uh, Richarlison, who's been uh, rating at about 6.9 per game. Uh, Dinia, who's I mean, doing a fantastic job on the left. And then Sadibi, who's yeah. like their workhorse in defense or so. And I mean, sometimes he even plays as a wing back. So, I mean, he's all over the place at the moment. And then with, with regards to the goals, Richarlison was like, you know, what, six goals already now. And then, of course, my this is actually my play that I really want us to keep a close eye on because this Calvert Lewin, he is a player. Look, he's like a raw talent. So, I mean, he's, he's of course at 22 now, but he's somebody he will get under defender's skin. And I mean, he knows the minute he's got you, he's like kind of distracted. Then he's off because he, he normally does that sort of thing. I mean, he's been doing it. Quite often, and that's why he always nicks in. I mean, if you watch that, I'm not sure if you watch the Chelsea game. He had that young defenders of, of Chelsea in total knots. The way he was, you know, you know, either dropping short and, and the minute they track him, he'll be spinning off him and he's getting free reign at, at their goal. And it's not the type of guy that Arsenal Football Club know how to defend against. You know, we at the moment, our defense is all over the place. So giving... Everton, Everton can hurt us if we're going to play the way we've been playing the past few weeks, especially if they're going to come with that more passion. It seems like, you know, they're playing for their lives and playing for the Everton Football Club, where Arsenal are just, the players are just like, you know, turning up to work and going to play. So I can see Everton exploiting us in that aspect, especially probably knocking balls into the channel for Lewin to run onto and then Arsenal's defence back off and back off and back off and then we'll see the same thing happening. You know, and I must just add before we now slowly wind down the, the podcast. Um, I saw the message that Ozil sent Arteta now with a, you know, wishing him now well for, you know, joining the club again and that. And then I'm thinking to myself, you now tweet that. And then when you get sub 
a game or two down the line, then you're going to be kicking your gloves again. <laughs> uh, I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't think you know, that should be appropriate as well. You know, Uzel tweeting the manager, wishing him well. I mean, you know, you don't. I mean, he's your manager now. He's not your friend. He used to be your colleague. I mean, if, if, if maybe Uzel was... I mean, I'm just old school, but if maybe Uzel was playing for a different club and messaging that. But, I mean... You know, he's your superior now and you're tweeting him. It just shows that really there's that you know, there's those kind of things need to be ironed out but you know, the the draw the line between, you know, your coach now compared to when he was your player back then. And I just hope that, that doesn't Uzel doesn't, you know, take advantage of that. But, but, I mean like my take is well, my opinion is I don't mind that. I mean if you want to tweet, do whatever. But don't come with that because for me it comes with also false. It's the same way the minute Emery got sacked the same people that were the ones that were making errors through performances throughout, <laughs> they were the ones coming with tweets out and that. And I'm thinking to myself, then you might as well have saved yourself that 140, whatever. I mean, uh, I don't need to get typed now. You might as well have saved all the tweet. Because I mean, you were also part of the, the you know, the, the factor that this guy got sacked also. Also one of the... And then you got only Leno and, and, and maybe when Dozy could all the head I you know, when Emery got sacked. So I think... Because he did have a special place for Emre. Yeah. So, you know, we now switch our attention to talking points as we want to wind down the podcast. Um, I just want to let you listeners know, over the festive period, we're going to do a show again on the 26th, the day we play Bournemouth. Then we're doing another show on the 28th, which is Saturday, which is like a normal routine. Sometimes it's like we do it Friday or Saturdays. And then we, on the 30th of December, we're going to do a... Uh, mid-season review of the players, which could be very horrific. I'm just saying it now already. I'm sure you too, Aiden. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I wish you, Gunas, you know, and your families a uh, very Merry Christmas. I hope you guys have a fantastic festive uh, period now. Uh, we see you guys soon, and, you know, let's hope the Arsenal can come right now. And, you know, slowly, and Freddie can actually send us on a good way out into the ends of Arteta. Thanks. Thanks, guys, for this, all the support. Uh, Merry Christmas to all. And uh, we hope we can get the three points today. Cheers, guys. <laughs>